Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello, everyone, and I am so excited today to introduce my guest to you, Sharon Holland Gelfand, and she is coming to us all the way from New York, and you are a functional diagnostic nutritionist, correct? Yes, I am. Yes, I've been really looking forward to having you on the show just to share a bit about the work that you do, but more in particular, bringing your expertise to our audience today to help really, I think, just sort of bring some perspective as a professional in the industry to what people are really experiencing today when it comes to the whole seclusion thing, not having their normal routines, not having their normal connectedness, their jobs, those types of things. It's affecting people. It's affecting their psyche, their Mm. physical, mental, and emotional health. And I thought maybe you could help us today, Sharon, to unpack from your perspective, how people might be able to sort of bring it back together and focus where they need to. Yeah, I thank, I love that topic. I love this conversation. Um, thank you so much for having me because I feel now more than ever uh, with everything that's going on with COVID, with uh, Black Lives Matter, there's such a heightened sense of stress. And mm. we, I feel like we have become so disconnected from ourselves because we're just so focused on everything externally and I think people aren't realizing how it's affecting us as you just said right physically mentally emotionally and you know we just get into this rut and we're, we're just on social media or listening to the news and we're tuning out of our bodies and tuning into all this noise that's just making it harder for us to kind of see the trees through the forest. I'm so glad you brought that up because that has been a huge concern of mine in my home, as well as just Mm. with people in the community. People are so just absorbed right now in social media, media in general, what's going on in the world. And it really does affect our health. Even just listening and seeing what's going on out there, it can be alarming. Obviously, people are experiencing all different kinds of emotions right now. It does take a toll, and people don't realize it does have an impact on our health. And what are some of the signs that people would see if they are sort of disassociating, disconnecting from listening to their bodies, to their health, to taking care of themselves? 
How is their body going to yeah. talk to them? What are some of the signs going to be that that's happening? That is such a great question. Uh, you know, so there's a couple of different signs. The, the physical signs are stomach aches. You know, it's the first thing. Like, mm. it, it goes straight to our guts, and we we just start getting pains. It can be sharp or dull. Um, maybe there's because you know our stomachs can start producing acid, so we start getting this this, this discomfort. And emotionally, we just start. We, we may get brain fog. We may get um, headaches. We may just be tired. We don't have energy. And when this all starts to happen, it just slowly that stress response that that response, which is like that perceived threat that becomes so chronic, Correct. leads to anxiety. And then the anxiety mm-hmm. can start feeling like worrying all the time, uh, shortness of breath. And it could lead to diarrhea, you know, like the bowels, you just can't hold anything. Uh, it, it, you know, you have an upset stomach. You might even break out in hives. There's so many different ways because everybody's different, but it's really just being able to pay attention to when it happens. And sometimes we don't. I know a few clients and uh, some friends I've been speaking to who have gotten dehydrated and have even, haven't even realized that they're not giving themselves enough fluids during the day. Oh, yeah. And they're getting headaches, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a variety, but those are the most common ones that I see in that I've been speaking about lately. I'm glad you brought up about the stomach aches because what many people don't realize is that our stomach has its own nervous system, the enteric nervous system that is there to protect you. It's there to signal you, right, that something in your environment is off. It's there to help regulate your body's sense of what's going on in the environment and where the threats might be, where the worries might be. So the first thing you said was people might be experiencing stomach issues. And so, so true. When we start to feel stress, when we start to feel anger and worry and a lot of the emotions that people have been experiencing as of late, a lot of times that will manifest in the stomach. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the things that people can do if they do start noticing a lot of these physical effects from the emotional stress and isolation and things that are going on? Well, some of the simplest things to do that don't even require food. (laughs) Well, they require drinking water for sure because our cells are like 60% of our body is made up of water. And when our cells get dehydrated and the shape changes, they're not able to provide the nutrients to and the energy that our body needs. So drinking water, absolutely. Even just the simple things of just stopping and doing different types of breathing. You know, some people like to sit, like, you know, they say, oh, you should meditate. I know a lot of people who that just doesn't work for them, but Mm -hmm. they know they want to do something. And it's about the breath. And, you know, there's plenty of YouTube videos of the 478 or the square breathing. Mm -hmm. But we start to get these, the, the breathing, the shallow breath, like right in our upper chest. So setting your timer, an alarm, something, a notification on your phone, where when you wake up in the morning and if you throughout the day, just sitting and taking these breaths and tuning into your senses. Because when you can do that, then your mind doesn't really have the time to get scattered because you start asking yourself, okay, you're breathing. What am I feeling in my head? What am I feeling in my nose? Am I, what am I smelling? What are the clothes feeling? How do they feel on me? Am I hearing anything? That keeps you present and focused. And the more that you can practice practice that, then the 
more calm you'll be, right? You'll, you'll go from like parasympathetic to sympathetic. Your body will just, the, everything will start to calm down. The fire, the cells, the, the, the trans, neurotransmitters that are on fire will at least start to calm down. And then the other thing, and I always tell people, not always, <laughs> many times, start your morning by just laying in bed and doing a body scan. And by breathing and doing a body scan, you're connecting to your body. So just starting with your head, again, similar to the breathing of connecting to the senses, is doing that. And then the other thing for relaxation, I know it's summertime, basically everywhere in the Northeast, but maybe taking a bath in the evening, immersing yourself in water with maybe some Epsom salts because magnesium gets depleted. So you want to replenish that because that helps to relax the body. Maybe taking in the evening, having a diffuser by your bed and using lavender oil or eucalyptus. That's very calming. Just simple things that can help the body to relax. And, of course, remove all of those devices from your bedstand, <laughs> your oh, nightstand yes. before you go to bed. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt about it. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit here. So you brought up the words parasympathetic and sympathetic. So super important, I think. And those are pretty big words for people to just understand that your nervous system, when it gets really revved up, then you get what's called sympathetic, right? That's the sympathetic nervous system kicking in. And really, when that happens, that's when we're in sort of our high stress mode. There's a lot of physiological effects from that. So our hydrochloric acid in our stomach could slow down. You know, our digestive processes will slow down because the body sees a threat, right? The body is under stress mode. So hormonally, biochemically, so many things are going to shift at that point for you to be able to handle whatever stressor is there. So when we are in that high stressed, sympathetic space, often, as many people are today in this high paced, high stressed society, we start to feel the effects from that and our body starts to experience the effects of that and that could be with poor digestion, weight gain, headaches, tension headaches, those types of things. So the goal really is to try to shift from that sympathetic mode over into parasympathetic which is what we call the preferred P for parasympathetic or preferred state and that's really where you will be your healthiest your body's ability to be in healthy balance when your nervous system is in that parasympathetic state so how do we do that you mentioned breathing and breathing is so important so I want just everybody who's out there listening if you don't have some sort of breathing practice or technique definitely try to adopt one. You mentioned the four square breathing, which is the one that I love. It's so great. And the Navy SEALs use that regularly to help bring their nervous system into the preferred parasympathetic space. So that would be lesson number one for today is if you don't have a breathing routine for down-regulating your excitable nervous system, that's what you want to do. And then of course, stabilizing your blood sugar, you know, in terms of food and how to bring food into this, 
would be to look at, have I been adding sugar into my diet because sugar just increases that stress response and, and supporting our bodies with nutrient-dense foods, so eating the colors of the rainbow. The biggest thing that people are talking about is, oh my God, the doors are going to get smaller because I can't fit through them at the end of this when, they, when, I'm, you know, when it's time to go back to work or, hey, my clothes shrank. Uh, you know, they must have put them in the dryer. They don't fit anymore. It can't be me um, because of running to the, you know, to the supermarket. I think you and I even had this conversation about looking how everybody, you know, we were looking into people's carts and it's all this processed food because they're looking for something comforting, something quick, something that will just uh, maybe bring them back to a childhood memory that is easy comfort food that they don't have to think about. But now being home is actually the perfect time to start looking at how can I plan my week and be prepared and be proactive so that I can have home-cooked meals that mm -hmm. will support and be able to diffuse the nervous system and, and provide us with that calm and, um, and and preparing meals, you know, thinking about whatever the day of the week is. Usually I say Sunday, but now every day is Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and, so you know, and, and cooking your foods or chopping the vegetables or, you know, making maybe the quinoa and the different things so that you have a refrigerator filled with all these nutrient-dense nutrient dense foods so that if you don't feel like cooking, at least it's there and you can put your plate together as opposed to thinking at the last minute, oh, what am I going to make now? Let me go for that box of pasta or the pizza that's in the freezer. Uh, you so know, so true. that's really important. Yeah, I'm hearing from a lot of people that they're off in their eating routines. Many, many people mm -hmm. are probably drinking more alcohol than they normally would, opening mm -hmm. that bottle of wine every night of the week definitely eating those carbs, the comfort type foods. And so what is yeah. your recommendation to people that are having a hard time sort of dialing a good eating routine? So, well, one of the first steps, as I you know, just mentioned about the planning, uh, that would be like one step. But then if you feel that you're getting a little anxious and stressed or you, you're going to grab something, depending on what your work day is like, depending on, you know, if you have kids or if you have the time, would be to just get up and if you can, get out of the house, get out of the apartment and move. Mm -hmm. instead of going to the refrigerator, right? Yes. Or find an activity that you may have enjoyed doing that you forgot about. You know, mm -hmm. the adult coloring books are getting so popular, right? Because people need some way to just relieve the stress. And they're flying off the shelves of Amazon. Yes, so true. It's a great, right? It's just calming. So, but, you know, moving because also we're sitting so much. And just the more we sit, the, the more sedentary we become it's making us feel worse. So then we feed into that by going back to old habits. That makes sense. And, and I want to pick up right here when we come back from our break. So we actually have to go take a break right now. And I want to ask everybody to stick with us. Stay tuned here. We're going to be back here in just a moment. We got some sponsors to hear and we will be right back. All right, everybody, we are back and we're ready for segment number two here. We've got Sharon Holland Galfand with us. Among other things, she is a functional diagnostic nutritionist, author, speaker, and lifestyle expert. Super, super excited to have you on the show with me today, Sharon, and welcome. Oh, 
Thank you for having me. I'm super excited that this worked out. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's been such a crazy time and all the more reason why we want to continue to bring the message of experts like yourself to our community so that they can have all of the support tools available. So thanks so much for spending your time with us today. In our previous segment, we were just talking a little bit about diet and how to diet to dial diet in during this unique time where people are sheltering in place, lots of stress going on. And so let's continue down that conversation just a little bit more. Yeah, so we were talking about some habits that we start creating mindlessly because of the stress that we're under, you know, going to the refrigerator. So being able to get up and move around gets the oxygen flowing, circulation flowing, and, you know, going out and being in nature. And if you are somehow confined, even having, if you have stairs in your building or in your house, just taking some of the stairs up and down, getting your body to move. Um, You know, the other thing that has been so helpful for so many people is to take pictures of what they're eating without judgment. And I use this Really, like I, I really advocate for this whole self-sabotage that we start feeling for ourselves because, right. you know, you get down on yourself like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it again. I wasn't going to. You know, mm. you throw in the towel. Oh, I'll start tomorrow. I might as well just grab that other cookie that how am I going to leave one cookie in the bag? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I just if you, if you just start by like taking pictures so that you can just mm. get and have an assessment. And you can put it into a Word document, right? Somewhere that you can just take a look, not to beat yourself up, not to say, oh, my God, I have to go on a diet, which I hate that word, (laughs) in the context that it's generally used, right? I was just going to say that's a really good point. And also, too, you're talking about habits and movement. And I just wanted to really emphasize that I'm with you on that. I think during this time, especially when people are a little more sedentary, a little more grounded at home, and, you know, maybe off their habits, just move. And I love that you said Mm -hmm. that because that can look differently for anybody, right? And most Mm -hmm. people have something that they can do that gets their blood flowing a little bit more, helps them to get more oxygen to their brain so they can think more clearly. You don't want to atrophy, right? Like gyms are closed. Mm -hmm. People are really off their routines, but there are so many things you can do. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, getting ready for your day, you can do push-ups right against your countertop, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. little things that you can do. You can stretch, you can walk up and down stairs, like you said, but if you can get outdoors and you can spend some time really deep breathing, fresh air, and getting some sunshine, that to mm-hmm. me is ideal and optimal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, and it's interesting that you say that in, in terms of um, just do, you know doing anything. It's different for different people. Everybody has different levels. And we sometimes feel so bad because we may have been gym rats going all the time and the weights and all these intense workouts. And we feel like it's not enough that we're just taking 20 minutes for a walk. But to your point of any movement is something good for the body. And yeah, the push-ups, doing squats, doing burpees, doing right. planks. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that you have to put it in in one area of the day. You can spread it out until your body starts to get used to maybe doing something uh, in a shorter period of time, like a, you know, hit, you know, the high interval right. um, intensity training. And 
it's we tend to once we get out of that habit we tend to let it snowball and it and then it just it feels like it's it gets harder that's why you know even writing it down um you know just paying attention to let me do something and and also to honor your body there may be days where you may want to do some intense workout and then there may be days where you're just tired so you need to be able to honor your body because you may need extra sleep you may need extra rest or the yoga or the stretching as you mentioned right mm-hmm. it's being able to connect to you mm-hmm. so that you can understand what you need and then take action take a step to doing what's going to work for no you no doubt and stretching is super super important too we touched on that a little bit but i can't say enough good i mean we talked about the breathing if you can incorporate the breathing with the stretching even better, Mm -hmm. and then get some outdoor Mm -hmm. time where you're moving your body. These are the types of things that really can be beneficial. And here's a question Mm -hmm. for you, Sharon. Do you have a preferred or go-to app that you recommend that people use that would either support their diet, lifestyle, and or exercise or movement or meditation? Oh, I wish I did. I'm sorry to say that I don't. And uh, actually, it's um, interesting that you mentioned this because I just wrote a book um, hmm. that is being published uh, probably at the end of August. I, that's, nice. the, that's the goal is the end of August. Yes. And uh, thanks. And in the book, I talk about apps as an option for people to keep track. So I, you know, if I, I decided, let me try a few. So I tried a couple of apps. And one of them, you know, you, you had to put in what your macros were, you know, the um, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And in one area, it told me that I had exceeded my protein intake. And in other area, the same app, it told me that I hadn't reached my protein uh, for that day. And I was confused and I was thinking, oh, my God, if I'm confused, what's somebody else thinking? And yeah. then on top of that, it told me, wow, if you continue eating this way, you will lose whatever the pounds were, five pounds, 10 pounds in the next uh, month. And I'm thinking, you don't know my body at all. I've been yeah. like this for Interesting. <laughs> I think that's really good. I think that's very important feedback. And so everybody today has their devices and everybody has something that they're following or tracking or whatever. I just wondered then if you haven't found an app that you like or love. I know what you told people, take a picture of your food or write it mm-hmm. down. How else do you recommend people sort of organize themselves around healthy habits? That That's an excellent question because right, it is about creating that habit. Yeah. And um, those two, like the taking the pictures or writing it down, journaling, uh, really to me are the best ways. The other way to organize it, uh, I, you know, you can use like Trello, you can use a spreadsheet, you can just mm-hmm. simply put it in your calendar mm-hmm. so that if you have it, you schedule it like everything else, mm-hmm. right? Then you could just even make a note for yourself in your calendar. Because at the end of the day, everybody likes different things. And it really has to fit you. And there are a lot of a lot of people who love apps. There are people who love uh, the Apple Watch. There, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many ways. But if you don't want to use all of those devices, the simplest way is always pen to paper, because sure. that really, first of all, the energy of the movement from your thoughts to the paper gets it out of you, gets it Mm. onto paper. This way you're not ruminating. You're not stuck with it, Mm. right? And when you can remove that energy, you have more space in your body to focus on other things. 
And so creating the productivity habits is just simply that, making a chart for yourself of what your uh, daily habits are so that you could check it off. Maybe it's something you print out and you put it on your wall and you just make a little check mark for the days that you do whatever exercise or how much water you drank. Mm -hmm. And you can use that as an option. Yeah, I always say success is found in your daily habits. So Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're endeavoring to be successful with, whether it's family, relationships, your diet, your schoolwork, your work work, if you are failing in one area or more, I always say go look at your daily habits because that's where you're going to find success. And I am also a huge fan of writing down what you eat and drink every day. Mm. So keeping a diet journal is so powerful and people don't realize it until they actually do it because people mindlessly put things into their mouth. They mindlessly eat things and then it doesn't count because it wasn't a meal. But, you know, I just (laughs) snacked on those chips or that cookie or whatever it was or had that drink from Starbucks. Never mind the however many calories it had. It was a drink, so it didn't count. But I always recommend, and there are some good journals out there where you can record what you eat, and some of them will allow you to sort of record your calories or your sugar intake or whatever, but just doing that for a week is eye-opening, just absolutely Mm -hmm. eye-opening to people. Mm -hmm. So I always say, like, if you are sort of saying, okay, I need to rein it in here, I need to get myself together and start getting on a better track, first step is going to be to keep a diet journal, a diet log. And I always Mm -hmm. say, every time you eat or drink, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. when you write that down in a journal, what you're eating and drinking, you can go back and you can say, was this feeding disease or was this fighting it? And I always tell people, I have this thing, it's called the 80-20 rule for healthy living. And it's a program that is based on that saying of every time you eat or drink, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. It's 80-20. You want to be 80% fighting disease And then that 20% can be pretty much whatever you want it to be. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I put people on that framework, they end up being like 90-10. Because Mm -hmm. something happens that when they get used to that 80% healthy habit, doing well, eating the right things, they don't even want the other stuff as much. Heather, you hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, when people realize I don't have to deprive myself, I don't have to restrict, Mm. I don't have to make it where it's so confining because when you say no it's like a little kid don't touch the stove don't touch the stove they touch the stove right exactly so it's the same concept and when you realize that it's that's absolutely what happens because you know you and I don't live in the woods we don't eat bamboo shoots and leaves (laughs) you know we live life we live in society we want to go out well eventually we'll go out again yeah you know we want to have fun and we want to know that we can indulge and Mm. we framing even how we approach the food of choice, whatever that dessert is not a cheat. It's not a, uh, you know, oh my God, don't, don't, don't look at what I'm eating now. It's I'm going to enjoy this. We, we, I have girlfriends that we do these birthday dinners and we always share everything. And on that night, we know that this is our night. And I know for the week, I'm going to have dessert. I'm going to have my drink. I'm going to taste everything nice. so that I can savor it and enjoy it. Yes. And that's exactly so important. what you're saying, the reframing. Yeah. It, it, yes. That's mm. like, you know. I've 
Yeah. And I've just seen it over and over and over with my own clients that when you restrict people more and put them on more restrictive programs, they tend to have less success. And so there is a way to actually really, really support somebody's health goals. Now, listen, it's different if somebody has celiac, they should not have gluten regardless, Mm -hmm. those types of things, there's always going to be that Mm -hmm. or food sensitivities, food intolerances that need to be addressed where you have to avoid them either temporarily or longer term. But Mm -hmm. I'm talking just for maintenance, healthy life balance, keeping that 80-20 is really powerful. And really the best way to do that is to journal. I always tell people, listen, if from Sunday night to Thursday night, you are eating clean, right? And then, but like Mm -hmm. Thursday night through Sunday or whatever, it's like, I'm going to have a little more flexibility. I might be going somewhere where I going to be in that, that girlfriend's environment or whatever that you talked about. And so Mm -hmm. learning to just self monitor, it's a really good framework for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other thing, you know, in conjunction with talking about, you know, the mindset of restrictive and dieting, this is a lifestyle This is you, right? You know, we want to encourage and help people to realize that it's a lifestyle. This should be ongoing. It shouldn't be for six weeks or three months for, you know, it should be something that when you think about what is my health worth and Mm -hmm. what's your biggest asset, right? If you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself first, if you don't really take care of yourself you have less and less and less of yourself to give to others because your body starts to shut down. Your your adaptive reserves go, you know, go haywire. And then you're you're practically drowning and you end up being reactive mm-hmm. because now you've been diagnosed with something that's been brewing and stirring for years mm-hmm. that you didn't want to pay attention to. That you just kept saying, Yeah, I'm okay, I'm healthy, I'll take a pill, I'll do this instead of really taking the time to get connected, understand, and then take those steps forward. Such great advice. Really, really important. And the reason this show is called Body Talk is just simply because of that. Your body will talk to you. And whether it's skin rashes, headaches, bloating, like we talked about, feeling tension, muscular tension, those are all ways that your body is talking to you that maybe your lifestyle might be out of balance. Maybe you have too much stress. Maybe you're living in an indoor environment that has toxins such as mold or an outdoor environment that is toxins with pesticides. So usually the body is so darn smart, it will find a way Mm -hmm. to tell you that there's something going on. But again, you really need to learn to listen and figure out a way that you can start to somewhat be a detective. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I used to have major stomach problems from constipation to diarrhea to gas and bloating, never knew what lactose intolerance was. Um, At the time, I just knew that my body was not handling it properly. I think that's a really good place to pause because we do have to go to our next break because when we come back for the third segment, I want to talk more about you and your story. And, Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can share a little bit more of that with us. Everybody else, hang tight. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. And Sharon, thank you so much again for joining us and being here with our community. And thank you so much again for having me. I'm I'm loving this conversation. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, like I mentioned, you know, I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while to join our community and to share your expertise as a functional diagnostic nutritionist, author, speaker, lifestyle expert. 
that has lots of experience in empowering women and men, just really in becoming their personal best and to be able to heal. So I want to kind of reverse course just a little bit here and let our audience know that you have not always been a nutritionist. Prior to this, you were actually in commercial banking, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So, okay. <laughs> so let's start there. Help us understand why the shift. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was uh, younger, I just was good in math. So I had gotten this uh, internship in high school in banking. And I was like, Ooh, I could do this. And it just naturally was one of those things that I did without thinking about. Yes, I kind of fell into banking. And uh, years went by, I ended up having a business with my former husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I have three young adults for kids. Mm -hmm. um, But about 12 and a half years ago, my son, one of my kids, was, uh, wasn't feeling great and ultimately was diagnosed with Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and ileitis. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, so before I, I even moved forward with him, I had mentioned, like, before the break, how I had uh, lactose intolerance. But what I started to notice for myself, which I had compartmentalized, right, which so many of us do, is as I went through puberty and my 20s, I not only had IBS, I suffered from migraines, and I took oh. imatrix shots. Oh. I had a pituitary adenoma, a mm. benign brain tumor in my pituitary gland. No way. I was hypoglycemic. I was anemic. Yeah. I had eczema. I was constantly getting sinus infections and strep throat. Oh, boy. My body was falling apart, right? Mm. So you talk about those signs. Like, I thought I was healthy. I thought I was normal. I thought that this is just what happens. I went to like four different doctors. I had different specialists, the GI, the neurologist, the gynecologist, Mm -hmm. the dermatologist. (laughs) And each one of them just gave me a script for something to take care of it. Mm. And nobody said it. And it was only one group. So my investors were there, right? Nobody said, you're not healthy. I wasn't diagnosed with anything major. But these were the little pebbles and on the rocks that were getting thrown at me. So mm. when my son was diagnosed, I didn't think much of it, except that when the doctor said, and, and listen, I want to preface this by saying doctors are amazing. They save lives. My sister and brother-in-law are doctors, are doctors and we need them. Right. However, in this instance, the doctor said, don't worry, Chris, should I pay attention to food? And she said, don't worry about it. The medicine will take care of it. And yeah. at that moment, something was like, hmm, I don't know much about food, but you're talking right. about his gut, his intestines, something feels off. Right. But, you know, I listened wow. to the expert. Within a week, my son came crying to me that he was getting worse and that it was the medicine. Oh, yeah. And I called the doctor and she said, no, it's the disease. <sighs> And it took me a couple of days to listen to my son because it just gave me pause for thinking, wait, my son is crying. He's telling me how right. he's feeling. Kids, don't, they, kids are, they're, they're born to be pure and honest. They're going to tell you what everything, right? Or, or, or not. But um, in this instance, he was right. I took him off the medicine and it was the medicine. And it just created this crack in my belief system about everything. So after like five to 10 hours on Dr. Google, (laughs) (laughs) I I really, I I just looked at my sister one day and like, I'm going to grad school. I need to get a master's in clinical nutrition. I need to understand what's going on physiologically with my son who incidentally 
had allergies and eczema and explosive behavior, a lot of other things. Wow. And uh, I, I had no intention of starting a business. I just wanted to help him. I mean, maybe it was a little mm-hmm. extreme, but it's what I chose to do. I think it's and, great. Uh, yeah. I, it, and now I look at it as a blessing in disguise because it was a huge wake-up call. And when we started to incorporate so many, you know, lifestyle, food, supplements, I mean, yes, he needed medicine. Um, but when we started to incorporate everything else, as I was focused on him, it, it seemed like I woke up one day and all of my symptoms were gone. And it was kind of mm. one of those, wait, what just happened here? Wow. Interesting. Which shocked me, right? Yeah. And, you know, from that, then going into functional nutrition with the different types of home testing, uh, it really, I, I'm thankful every day for his diagnosis because I kind of wonder, like, what would have happened if I kept my head in the ground or mm. just kept going through the motions and being detached. So very true. And as a result of the experience that you went through with your son, you've created several programs. And one of them is called the gut method. Tell us about Mm. that. So the gut method, the G-U-T, it's, yes, pun intended, of course. (laughs) But as we're talking throughout the program, it's a way, and that's also what my book is about, is how do I get connected? The G is, the first step is getting connected and becoming aware. Um, there's something, uh, I can't remember the gentleman who came up with, the, there's different levels of competence. There's unconscious incompetence. There's conscious incompetence. So unconscious incompetence, you're totally unaware. Conscious incompetence is like, oh, wow, I see what's been going right. on, right? I've become aware that, wow, my, what I've been doing to my body, I need to change. Then you become consciously competent because you're taking the active steps. And eventually, as you create these new habits, they become unconsciously competent. So the G part is getting connected and becoming aware so that when you get to the U section of understanding what the foods that you're eating, the feelings that you're feeling, the relationships, the belief systems, the toxins that you you mentioned earlier, the skincare, the... um, chemical products, the mold possibly, understanding all of that as as you start to create your roadmap for this, as you start to write Mm -hmm. everything down, it's really the best way then to take action. And the action could start with the simple changes that you and I are talking about with the 80-20 rule, the reframing, Mm -hmm. the indulging, or then realizing, you know, I'm noticing these symptoms aren't going away. What kind of practitioner do I need? How do I want to collaborate? Where do I go next? What do I do? Do I need supplements? So it builds these new habits, and it's also done in one area. It's like in this book, or you do it you know, on your own. Then when you do have an appointment with any practitioner, if you need it, to really see, hey, what's going on here? You know, what right. are my minerals in balance, my macronutrients, whatever's happening? Then at least you could say, hey, listen, this is what I've been doing. Here's what I've been keeping track of so that you can ask the right questions. You have the answers that, to the questions they're asking because we forget. Right. We, we forget. So we, we go in based on memory and then we leave and we're like, oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Or, you know, so it really gives you that foundation, that, that, that program of having your roadmap for you because we're all different. Correct. And then at some point you decided to actually turn this 
into a way to pay it forward and to help others and to have your business and became a functional diagnostic nutritionist. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about that and what your approach is with clients? Mm. So uh, when a client comes in, you know, I always want to know, besides filling out the intake or or even before it even starts, I always have a conversation. I want to make sure that, you know, we're the right fit and I want to know what's going on. How long has it been going on? What have you tried? What hasn't worked? And looking at what are the true symptoms to decide what's the best place to start? What kind of tests do you need? Um, And most of my clients do start with the, the gut test, the stool test where it takes a look at all of the different bacteria and parasites and, you know, the different markers, like there's inflammation markers uh, of the body so that you could get a sense of looking at what's happening and then correlating what these results are with your symptoms, not treating and saying, oh, you know, wow, you've got uh, a little bit of uh, elevated bacteria here. If you're not symptomatic, you don't need to necessarily mess around with something, right? We want to correlate everything. And mm-hmm. we look for these hidden stressors. We look for the lifestyle. We look for uh, the emotional. We look at what your rest is like, your exercise, what's happening in all parts of your body so that you can take these results, create a protocol that works for you, and adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody starts with this um stool test mm-hmm. and you know the there might be an antigliadin which is the protein in wheat that comes right. up elevated but if it's really high then you know hey uh, you know you haven't really mentioned that you've had any symptoms when you eat wheat but this is showing otherwise then you know let's try some food sensitivity testing or removing so it gives you then all right what's the next step what do we do how are you feeling let's look into what else it is. If you're tired and don't have energy, maybe you need to have your cortisol levels checked. Looking at home testing that you could do that goes beyond sometimes the scope of just blood work and correlating it to how you're feeling, what these symptoms are, what these hidden stresses are, so that you can find the right pieces that will fit your puzzle so that you can have more energy and get back to feeling like your old self. Although, some people don't even know what that feels like anymore. <laughs> ah, so true on that. Yes, absolutely. Thus, the title Functional Diagnostic Nutritionist. You do these tests, these diagnostic tests, to be able to really get to the bottom of what is going on with somebody in their health challenges. Mm-hmm. So it's a very comprehensive and unique way of working with clients. And I've always really admired seeing the work that you're doing and how the results that you're getting with people. So I just wanted to make sure that people understood what it is that you do and how you do it. And then finally, I wanted to talk about your upcoming book. Could you tell us about the book and are you allowed to tell us the title? It's a working title right now, but it, you know, this book came to be from working with clients over the years and my own experience and realizing how, as we started the conversation of how disconnected we are, We've just gotten so bombarded with so many messages. We're eating advertisements. We're eating marketing claims. We're buying a nut butter that has sugar or high fructose corn syrup and oil, and all you need is the nut and the salt. (laughs) You know, of how we are clicking on ads to buy the next supplement when, and I'm not saying, you know, we, we all do need some supplements, but before we start buying things, 
We don't know what we need until we do these diagnostic tests and tune into ourselves. And mm -hmm. the book came about from working with all my clients and seeing these patterns keep emerging and how they needed to be walked through mm -hmm. all these different steps to, again, mm -hmm. have that manual to realize, wow, I didn't need to take all those supplements. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wow, I really need to go check and see what's going on with my cortisol levels. I hadn't even thought mm -hmm. about what was happening with my stress, you mm -hmm. know? So Definitely. that's how, that, that's, uh, that's how the book came to be. And that's, um, I'm so excited, but I'm also like so nervous. <laughs> oh, well, that's when you know you're on the right track. If it doesn't make you a little bit nervous or a lot yeah. nervous, in fact, mm -hmm. the more nervous it makes you probably the better of an endeavor that it is. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I tend to be a little controversial sometimes, not necessarily in my book, but when I do, when I do my programs for sure, because, uh, you know, I try to say it like it is, but gently and, uh, with compassion, because also sure. at the end of the day, we need to not only take that breath, but create that space Yes, for our course. relationship. Agree. No, I could not agree more. Well, we are almost to the end of our hour today. It went by so quickly, but yeah. I wanted to just <laughs> have you let everybody know the best way to reach you and your website, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can go to my website is Sharon Holland with one L, so not ah, spelled like the country. Good. It's SharonHolland.com, and uh, on my website, there's an option for uh, the guide to get started with the uh, health checklist that I was talking about with the symptoms yes. that you can start paying attention to. So Great. that's on my website, and then all my social media is there, so head over there. Excellent. Well, we sure do appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time from over here in California. We wish you all the best, and we look forward to hearing more about your book when it comes out. Well, thank you again so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sharon. Take care and be well.